Amen? All right. Well, quite a challenge. Thank you, ladies. And a uh, great thing to consider on Mother's Day, isn't it? And so good to see, actually, uh, generations coming up uh, through the years that have continued that faithfulness. And uh, what, a, what a blessing it is. And on Mother's Day, we do want to honor uh, those who are mothers. Motherhood is a gift from God. It's, it's something that he planned with great benefit, with joy as a result. And it's something that the sentimentality of a greeting card can't capture, right? Uh, it's not something created by Hallmark. But it's something God made, something God designed. And, and uh, there's so much more to it. On a day like today brings all kinds of, of mixed emotions and thoughts when you come to church. I know there's, there's people who are not here today because it's Mother's Day because it's difficult uh, to consider a mother lost or to consider a situation with their mother or uh, so many other things that, that are part of this whole concept of motherhood. And so for some, it's, it's a hard thing, and yet it's something we really do want to honor and lift up because it's something that God has done. It's something God has made. And so uh, I want us to start with that concept. And, and you know, the, the danger of letting a preacher be your song leader is he might preach your sermon before you get to it. <laughs> but Dave got a good start for us, but let's turn to Genesis 1, uh, verses 26 through 28. Uh, back to the creation. And, and I know familiar verses, we've probably heard them a lot of, I've probably read them so many times from, from this pulpit. Uh, but to remember, verse, there is, it says in verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And again, a reminder, when God created mankind, when he created things we call human beings. And that's kind of the idea when he say, says man in there, when let's, let us make man in our image. He had to create man, male and female, in order to reflect his image properly. God is not completely imaged without women. They are unique, and they are special, and they are designed by God. And if you can't tell me what a woman is, you need to go back to Genesis chapter 1. It's so critical, and, and to throw that into doubt is undermining the very foundation of everything. God is the creator. Man cannot, mankind or can't picture who he is, image who he is, without there being man and woman. 
This is the beginning of motherhood, even before any woman was a mother. It's in our design. Now let me clarify in that, that God is always referred to in the masculine. God is always called our father, not our, not our mother. That's important so that we can understand who he is. But his characteristics are imaged through mankind, through both men and women, through both fathers and mothers. It was necessary for there to be women to, to obey the command that he gave, right? God's plan inextricably and intimately included women, those who could bear children from the start. Without that, they couldn't go forth and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. God had it all planned out, designed, worked so that we could be his stewards, so that we could be those who, who had dominion over all that he had created. The command of, that God gave required that design from its very beginning, and it's the beginning of a beautiful thing that's amazing, filled with wonder. That's why we celebrate motherhood. Look at its source. And it's a, it's a thing that was designed for union and for the future. And if, and you know, if, you, if you think about the, the account, the detailed account of, of how the woman was made from the rib of Adam to be his helper, to be one suitable to work together with him, it looks to the future, to a union of the two together which should not be broken, because what God joins together, as Jesus said, should not be torn apart. But it also then creates the ideal situation for the growth, the maturing, the development, and the training of children. And we should not willingly give that up ever. In a sinful world, we know it's not always that way, that you have a home with a father and a mother who are in a loving, close relationship. But that's God's ideal. That's God's design and plan. And that's what we should continually be striving for and to preserve as well. It's the future of any good society. It's the future of our world. But having said that, no motherhood is perfect. Right? I mean, sin even ruined Eve's experience as a mother. So the very first mother the one whose name even indicates that she's the mother of all the living, when Adam and she chose to sin, it threw trouble into the whole area of motherhood. No woman has ever known perfectly what God had in mind for motherhood because there's always been sin since that time. Because of sin... Childbirth became more painful, and every child born as a descendant of Adam was born with a sin nature. Eve even had the extremely painful experience of having one of her children kill his brother. And so there's no storybook, perfect, happily ever after stories of motherhood. They've all got sin involved. They've all got struggle. They've all got pain. Right? Now some are far easier than others. Some, you can see the beauty really easily, right? 
And few would deny that there is joy in being a mother. There's so much to be celebrated in it. Of what God designed, it still shines out brightly in our world. It's still there. And we need to do that. We need to reinforce it. We need to celebrate it. We need to encourage it and come alongside mothers and and honor them in what it is they do. But we also need to understand that because sin is in the world, some women who would like to don't become mothers. Some women become mothers by adoption and by practice. They they just, they mother children, right? And they bring bring grace and, and encouragement to their life. Some women lose children like Eve did. Some in the womb, some when they're very young, some even as adults. There's there's. There's grief and heartache in motherhood, right? Being a mother can be very hard. And honoring mothers recognizes that along with the great blessings. But with those great blessings come great challenges in a sinful world. But having said that, and realistically looking at the fact that motherhood's not an easy thing, it takes a lot of, of of work and a lot of perseverance and a lot of clinging on to God. Understand that God understands mothers just based on his character. Because remember, the image of God is reflected in women. The image of God then is reflected in mothers and what they do as mothers. And let me just give you a few examples of God's character and how that's shown. For for instance, God is a comforter. And one of, the, one of the ways that that's described in Scripture is that God's comfort looks a lot like the comfort of a mother. Turn with me to Isaiah 66, uh, verses 12, <clears throat> 12 and 13. And here is a description of God comforting his people, Israel. <clears throat> Isaiah 66, verses 12 and 13 says, For thus says the Lord, Behold, I extend peace to her, speaking of Jerusalem, like a river, and the glory of the nations like an overflowing stream. And you will be nursed. You will be carried on the hip and fondled on the knees as one whom his mother comforts. So I will comfort you, and you will be comforted in Jerusalem. So when God is seen as the ultimate comforter of his people who have gone through, or or he's looking at them having gone through great difficulty and trial, he says, if you want to understand what that's like, it's like a mom with her little baby, nursing it, caring for it, holding it, sitting it in her lap. If you want to understand me as comforter, well, I've provided you with a picture in front of you. This mom's with their little ones. David in Psalm 131 went at it from the other direction as the one who is comforted by God, who has put his trust in God. So go back to Psalm 131 and we'll read the whole thing. It's only a few verses long. Here David says, O Lord, my heart is not proud nor my eyes haughty, nor do I involve myself in great matters or in things too difficult for me. Surely I have composed and quieted my soul like a weaned child 
rest against his mother. My soul is like a weaned child within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. So David says, if you want to understand the comfort I find in God by putting my trust in him, just think of that toddler. And when he needs comfort, what does he do? Climbs up in his mom's lap and just leans up against her, presses his, his body against hers, and knows everything's all right, because I'm here with mom. God says, that's a picture of my comfort. And of course, God is the ultimate comforter, right? But he has blessed mothers with the ability to be that image, that, that picture of what his comfort is like. We can start to get to know that in that way. God is also a protector, like a mother is a protector. Uh, go with me to Matthew 23. Here are the words of Jesus, God the Son. Matthew 23, verse 37. And here Jesus, not long before he, he, he was going to go to the cross, and yet his people were rejecting him. And he says this about them, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together, the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were unwilling. And granted this, this is a mother bird, not a human mother, but there's such a picture there of the same heart that you see in mothers, that desire to protect. And when there's danger, to say, come, come, here, let me protect you. Let me care for you. That's the heart Jesus said he had for the people of Jerusalem. That's an image of the heart of God, his desire to gather us in, protect us. But notice, God, Jesus, even experiences that rejection when he wants to protect but he says, but you wouldn't have it. You wouldn't receive that from me. Moms have experienced that too, haven't you? God knows what that's like. He knows what it means to want to comfort. He knows what it means to protect. He, he understands that some of those, well, all of those things, but here's, here are some examples of the things that he, he knows that you're going through as, as a mother. In fact, uh, when, when Ruth, in, in the book of Ruth, if you go back there, chapter 2, verse 12, uh, she became someone who walked away from her own culture. And in doing that, she went into a new, a new culture. And she also had a new God. And it was said of her, the one under whose wings you have taken refuge. Use that, that same word picture of God like, like that bird gathering her in. And wanting to protect and wanting to care and wanting to be the one who would protect her. Interesting, she who came from Moab, not the people of Israel, said, no, I see where there's care, where there's comfort. 
see that, that image in, 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 in mothers who not only care for their own children, I think, but also say, you, come on in. Join my children, or come on in. I don't have my own children, but I will, I will take you in. I will care for you. See, God understands that mother's heart. And God is one who never forgets his children. If you turn with me to Isaiah 49, verse 15. Mothers are used as the example of the most faithful that that can be thought of here. Isaiah 49, verse 15. Says, can a woman forget her nursing child? On the whole, what would you say? Can a woman forget her nursing child? No. No. They're always there in her mind, right? But have no compassion on the son of her womb? How could that be? But here it says, even these may forget. Extremely unlikely, they may forget but I will not forget you. So here is the character of God, right? He knows what it's like to never forget his children, to never let them go, never abandon them. They are always in his mind and objects of his care. And the best picture he can have, he says, is look at a mother. If you want to know what I'm like, how faithful I am, Look at a mother with her baby, with her child. And so God has many things in common with mothers because they reflect, they image who he is. And God's, there are many ways, many things here. We're just going to go through a bunch quickly without looking at, at all the scriptures that back them up. But God has and is nurturing and discipline his, disciplining his children, Right? Something mothers do all the time, but but God feeds us, right, from his word and with his spirit. He directs us, he oversees us, he trains us, he disciplines us. He understands what that process is like. He understands when it goes well and when it doesn't go so well, right? God is called a helper. If you remember back in Genesis, when, when Eve was created, He said, I will make a helper suitable for him, speaking of Adam. Helper, not not a degrading thing, but in fact, God is called helper more than anyone else in the Bible. He is called helper. So as helper, women and mothers image what God is like. He knows what it's like to need to come along to the assistance of those who are in need. And wives, men need helpers. <laughs> right? It's a blessing. It's, a, it's an honored place and position. He has had his children sin and rebel against him, right? Many mothers, maybe all mothers, I guess, to some degree or another, have had that rebellion against them. God has experienced that. He's, re- he's experienced rejection He's experienced the sorrow of that walking away, of that not wanting what it is you know is good for for them. He has had children die, especially his own son, right? Uh, The most agonizing, most terrible, horrific death that ever has been experienced 
was experienced by Jesus. And it was the Father's heart that had to bear that. And in, the, in, in all of that, to bear separation that had never been experienced before. They had always had perfect communion together, as we talked about it at Easter time, right? But God knows what it's like to have a child die. For those who could have been his children but refused to believe, right? They could have been his, but one of, the, one of the words in the New Testament that's used for unbelief, or sometimes it's translated disobedience, literally means to refuse to be persuaded. Have mothers had children who refuse to be persuaded? I think so. God knows what that's like. He understands what that means, and he doesn't come in and force us. But in fact, he comes to us like a parent like someone who loves. His children have misunderstood him. His children have grown and delighted him. When we, when we respond in faith, when we do as he, as he calls us to do, when, when, when we do what he wants and he knows his best for us, God has known the delight of that growing and maturing as well, like a mother understands when it happens with her children. God has known, as Psalm 139 talks about, and let's just go ahead and turn to that passage, Psalm 139, 13 through 16. Appropriate one to be sure to look at this morning. It says, For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. And my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance and in your book were all, were all written. The days that were ordained for me when as yet there was none of them. And so you could say Jesus became human he experienced things firsthand that happened to a man. And he said, well, but what about women? Jesus never became a woman. Jesus never bore children. You're right. That's something unique. That God in flesh never experientially had. On the other hand, look at how he is intimately involved in the womb in all of those details. Even those things that a mother is like, wow, what's going on in there? What kind of miracle, what kind of things are, are, are transposing in there to, to, to create this child that's going to be mine? God is in there, in the intimate details, acting, right? And designing, and as it says, weaving together that child. There's a sense in which God knows the mother's process so completely, fully, in that way, be encouraged, moms, and seek out his presence in that. Also remember that God was tempted in all things as we are, and yet without sin, according to Hebrews 4.15. As a mom, you're tempted to do a lot of things, probably, right? Tempted to think a lot of things. God maybe never had those exact temptations, but he had those exact kind of temptations, 
to maybe throw in the towel to say, I've had enough, I can't do this anymore. Uh, whatever temptations have come your way, Jesus came and, and he had those kind of experiences. And he intertwined his joy with those who would be his children. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 tells us that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. He moved ahead knowing that those he would rescue so that they would become children of God was dependent on him pressing through that awful pain, right? Just like a mother so often presses through, beginning with the pain of of a pregnancy, some of the, pain, the pains and discomforts, the pain of labor, right? The pain of working hard to raise children and sleepless nights and all of the things that are involved. Why? Oh, for the joy set before them. There's great joy in that child growing and maturing and becoming an adult and, and moving ahead. And finally, I just want to say, well, Jesus, this, we never thought about this, but Jesus with his disciples, he experienced a lot of things that mothers experience. I just got to thinking about this. But now Jesus wasn't their mother, obviously. But he was certainly far above them. It was caring for them, was nurturing and training them for the future, and they acted like children. Kind of like us, right? But just quickly think about this. Jesus was, was training the, these men, and they didn't understand what he was doing. And even right after he had explained something, they'd get it all wrong. How many times does the gospel say, but they'd forgotten about the loaves that he'd multiplied. They had forgotten that he had just said, that he had just taught. You know, you're not alone, moms. Jesus experienced that with these children that followed him around everywhere he went. Peter talked back to Jesus, right? Remember in Mark chapter 8? Jesus said he was going to the cross, he was going to give his life there, and Peter takes it, you're not going to do that. He's experienced that with them. In Luke 22, at the worst possible time, Jesus is getting ready to go, to be, he's going to be arrested soon, he's going to go to the cross, and you know what his disciples are doing? Arguing about who's the greatest. They're, out, they're bickering and fighting like brothers. And Jesus has to turn around and draw them back into what's really important happening here. Ever had to do that, moms? Deal with your kids fighting and bickering at the worst possible time? Jesus had that. And John 21, after the resurrection, Jesus doesn't show up for a while. What do they do? They go fishing. They go do their own thing. It's like, I, I don't know what Jesus, I haven't seen him for a few days. Let, let's go fishing. Let's go back to the work we know. Let's go back to the, you know, it's kind of like finding your kids off playing in some corner of the house when they're supposed to be, you know, cleaning up. What, what are you doing? Oh, well, you weren't here, so we're doing this. Jesus had to have that same kind of patient persistence that moms have. They also stepped out and tried something new and came back excited. In Luke chapter 10, uh, verses 17 through 21, let's just go ahead and look at this one. Luke chapter 10, 17 through 21. Uh, they've been sent out to, to do ministry, given authority and power. And it says, the 70 returned with joy, saying, 
Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So, so he'd sent them out. Here's something new. By faith, do these things. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will injure you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to, the, to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. At that very time, he rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit and said, I praise you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for this way was well-pleasing in your sight. So not unlike a mom who, go out, you've seen, you've seen me do this. Now you go out and you do it now. You try this. And then the kid comes back. Hey, hey mom, I was able to do it. Look at what happened. Jesus rejoiced with his disciples in that. So he understands that excitement, that joy of nurturing and building up and then seeing things come to fruition, seeing things change. He understands what that's like, honestly, to a degree greater than we do, greater than even mothers do. He knows those joys and those trials. And Jesus even got up early in the morning to get away from his disciples and have some adult conversation. <laughs> right? He went and spent time talking to his father. And you know what? Before he was done, they found him and interrupted him. <laughs> he knows what that's like. Uh, Jesus had ministry times with his disciples where he didn't even have time to eat. And they had, had to be exhausted. Moms, you know what that's like, right? You're involved with your kids. I mean, so much Jesus' family thought he was, he was going crazy. You probably feel like that sometimes too, don't you? But Jesus knows. He's been there. He's understood. No, not exactly as a mom. But he knows those things. He cares. He understands. He is with you in that. So please don't think I'm the only one. There are many others with you. But God knows and understands. He, he feels those things with you. He has been there, and, and, and really, he is the ultimate to have been there in all of that. He cares. See, Mother, it is a, it's an amazing thing that comes with great joys. comes with amazing blessings. But it also comes with disappointments. It comes with great sorrow. It's a gift from God, and with that gift, he offers himself as the one who will be with you through all the ups and downs. He will be with you to rejoice with you when you are rejoicing, when you are celebrating. He promises to be with you in the heartache that inevitably will be a part of being a mother as well. He will be with you as a woman, if, if you can't be a mother, but really desire to be, he'll be with you in losses. The Lord as our shepherd is a great truth for moms. And even those who can't be moms, but would love to be. Because he leads us through the green pastures, by the still waters, and even through the valley of the shadow of death. 
He understands. He is with. He encourages. He lifts up. Let Jesus be your shepherd. As you shepherd little ones, as you walk that path that he's given you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your care. Help us to remember that uh, even when it seems we're without hope, without help, without encouragement that you'd never leave us, you'd never forsake us. Uh, You've never forgotten one of your children in any circumstance. And we can count on you. Help us to to press into that and, and trust that even though no other human being knows the fullness of what's going on in our hearts, you do. And you, you have uh, not just a, a, a theoretical knowledge, but you have an experiential knowledge of these things. And you have a love that is far beyond. And so thank you for mothers. Thank you for the blessing that you've placed in our midst and in all of our lives. None of them perfect, but all of them yours. And your strength and work there uh, through them, sometimes in spite of them, but always to your glory. Help us to look to you and honor you in all of this as well. We pray in Jesus' name.